on this week's episode of the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. The Maverick gets a U.S. title shot. The Dead Man speaks from the grave. Hard to Kill pay-per-view has a venue. Impact Wrestling's Hall of Fame inductees. An AEW talent departs the company. A current wrestling promotion gets rebranded. WWE announces new PLE in August. Impact Wrestling star re-signs with the company. The man speaks on after her Halloween Havoc match. A wrestling legend comes to Dynamite. And in our main event, we're going to be going over our predictions for Crown Jewel. We have all that as well as what you missed this week and this week in wrestling history. Well, nothing left to do but to tape up our wrists. Lace up those boots and step through the ropes. And ref, ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that covers everything in the world of professional wrestling. Now, making their way to the mics, your hosts, Kevin and Chris Newell. Alright wrestling fans, this is the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your co-host Kevin. And I'm your co-host Chris. We are the father-son tag team of podcast wrestling. And uh, thrilling, thrilling week. Yeah. We're, we're one week removed from WWE's upcoming PLE. Uh, uh, Crown Jewel, right? Crown Jewel coming up this Saturday. Um, we'll be going over that in our main event of the matches and what who we think will win. Um, we got... N- no time to waste here we got a lot to go over so we'll go ahead and dive into what has happened so far in the world of wrestling and we'll go ahead and start with wwe all right so for the october 3rd edition of monday night raw came to us from our own backyard in the american Airlines center in dallas texas we had the alpha academy with maxine dupree taking on the new day match lasted 10 minutes and 23 seconds with the New Day picking up the win by uh, Xavier pinning Otis. This leaves Chad's record to 23 and 39, Otis's record 15 and 30, Kofi's record 11 and 6, and Xavier's record 12 and 9. Next up, we had NXT Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch defending her title up against Indy Hartwell. Match lasted 9 minutes and 17 seconds with Becky Lynch picking up the win by submission. This leaves Indy Hartwell's record 12 and 12. Becky Lynch's record is 38 and 12 with one draw. Next match we had Johnny Gargano taking on Giovanni Vinci with Ludwig Kaiser at ringside. I'm gonna guess uh, Giovanni Vinci got pinned on that match. You'd be right. <laughs> he, yeah. al- he always, what it, whatever they do tag team stuff, it's always him that gets pinned. Well, they weren't doing tag team. This was it's singles. Either, either tag team or singles. It's always him getting pinned. Exactly. This match lasted uh, two minutes and 43 seconds. That's less than the last match he was in. Uh, of course, Ludwig Kaiser was trying to interfere in the match, but uh, Tommaso Ciampa came in. And if you notice the shirt he was wearing, he was wearing DIY. That, that is was the, their old tag team. That I was think. their old tag team. So it seems that the tag team has been reborn. 
Uh, this leaves the record for Johnny Gargano's uh, 18 and 6. Giovanni Vinci's record 6 and 56 with one draw. Uh, next up, we had Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, the uh, women's tag team champions, going up against Natalia and a, and a mystery partner. Turned out the mystery partner was Nikki Cross. Match lasted 3 minutes and 22 seconds with Piper Niven pinning Natalia. Now, the way this happened was Nikki Cross didn't look all there more than usual. I was about to say, she just got down off the apron and just walked back to the back. Um, it, it, you know, it baffled a lot of people, including Natalia, so it left her in a handicap match prediction. Or pr- predicament, I should say. Uh, this leaves... Uh, the tag team champions uh, Chelsea, her record 7-26 and, and one draw. Piper Niven is 8-13 uh, with one draw. Natalia's record is 10-32 and, and Nikki Cross's record is 15-9. and nine. Uh, Next up, we've got Sami Zayn taking on Drew McIntyre in what was an epic match between the two. At first, Drew was going into this match thinking it was going to be a squash match situation. Uh, he underestimated Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn lasted 15 minutes and two seconds. Of course, Drew McIntyre picking up the win by pinfall, but not without Sami going down without a fight. Uh, the record for Sami now is 45 and 22 with one draw. Drew McIntyre's record is 28 and 10 with one draw. Next match, we had Akira Tazawa challenging Bronson Reed, which is near suicide and I also forgot to mention Akira Tozawa the new member of Alpha Academy uh, he uh, Chad Gable is taking on yet another student so we've got we've got some growing faction there yeah um, of course match lasted 2 minutes and 35 seconds with Bronson Reed picking up the win by pinfall leaving Bronson Reed's record 36 and 13 with one draw Kiritazawa's record is 6-24. And, and in the main event, we had Damian Priest taking on Jey Uso. Match lasted 12 minutes and 20 seconds, and of course, you had a lot. You had your interference, your interference from the Judgment Day, and then, but all of a sudden, you had Cody Rhodes hobbling out, because earlier in the night, uh, d- with his confrontation with uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, uh, Cody got his he, was hurt. he got his ankle smashed with the chair. He's always getting injured. I mean, he's still he's still trying to fight, but because he's, he's got heart, he's he, showing. He Especially much, after that, like shoulder, you know, it was like a pec injury, a, pe- a torn pec injury. Uh, oof, that's just what we. You're still that. recovering from that. Um, this leaves Damian Priest win. Uh, he won the match by pinfall. With his now his record 32 and 45, and Jay Uso's record is 30 and 22. Next up, we got the October 24th edition of NXT, and it was a special NXT coming from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It was NXT's Halloween Havoc Night One, and it started off with a Devil's Playground match with Roxanne Perez taking on Kiana James, and Roxanne Perez coming out dressed as Freddy Krueger. So, it, it, it's costume. It was costume night. 
match last it because it was Halloween. Yeah, and we're up for one more, and it's exactly on Halloween too. So, uh, Roxanne Perez picked up the win by pinfall in ten minutes and fifty three seconds, leaving Roxanne's record twenty six and thirteen with one draw, and Kiana's sixteen and twenty three with one draw. Uh, next, the NXT television debut of Lexus King, formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr., taking on Dante Chen. Match lasted 4 minutes and 13 seconds with Lexus King taking on the win by uh, picking up the win by pinfall. Now Lexus King's record cuz he has been doing some dark matches for NXT here and there and live but, events, but this was like his TV debut. This was his TV debut. Um He's had five matches prior to this for NXT. I know this because I see his record. Lexus King starting off 6-0. and Dante's record is 11-26. So not, not a bad start for Lexus King. Definitely showed he meant business. Can't get over his uh, beard, though. I, I It's obviously a spray-on beard or something. It, it just... It totally confuses me. So that was the guy that I, I, I would I be funny, but I do remember the beard looking just a tiny bit weird. Just a yeah. Little. Moving on, uh, we had the NX uh, WWE NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, the semifinals. Uh, we had Kalani Jordan taking on Ariana Grace in a seven-minute, thirty-seven-second match. That ended in pinfall in favor of Kalani Jordan. Uh, this leaves Kalani Jordan's record 10 and 15, and Ariana's record 2 and 5. Next up, we had the huge NXT Tag Team Championship match between Chase U and the family. Chase U, of course, had JC Jane and Thea Hale at ringside. Match lasted 11 minutes and 19 seconds with. Believe it or not, Chase U picking up the win and becoming the new NXT Tag Team Champions with Andre pinning Channing, or in this case, Stax. Uh, this leaves Andre Chase's record 14-12 and 12 with one draw. Hudson's record is 24-9. and 9. Tony D'Angelo's record is 13-8. and 8. If, and I just did a hand motion hey. to, to, like an Italian guy. No one could see that. That'll change soon with our YouTube coming up. Uh, then, of course, Stack's record is 21 and 11. Next up, we had our Lights Out match between Blair Davenport and Gigi Dolan. Now, this was similar to kind of the... Uh, I, I, I remember watching it. This is similar to the uh, Fiend and LA Knight lights, uh, type of match that they had at... Uh, I believe it was the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam or something. No, I can't remember. I can't remember the pay per view, but it was the. It was before WrestleMania. I know that. Yeah, it was. Uh, actually, it was the Fiend's last match. Uh, but the arena lights were out, but still somewhat lit. Uh, Blair Davenport picks up the win by pinfall in 12 minutes and 34 seconds. This leaves Blair's record 14 and 6 with one draw, and Gigi Dolan's record is 12 and 14. Uh, next, we have the last uh, 
NXT Women's Breakout Tournament Semifinals match between Lola Vice and Carmen Petrovic. You can say your German, or not German, but Russian jokes there. Match lasted 3 minutes and 36 seconds with Lola Vice picking up the win by pinfall and will be heading to the finals to face Kalani Jordan in the breakout tournament. Now, if we remember correctly the rules of this, whoever wins this tournament gets the number one contendership shot at uh, the NXT women's title. Uh, Lola, Lola's record is 14-24, and Carmen's record is 2-10. And, and for the main event for the night, for night one, of Halloween Havoc, you had Lyra Valkyra taking on Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship with special guest and watching the match, Jade Cargill. She was up in the stands on a special throne uh, just watching this match go down. You were about to say something? So she's going to NXT now or... No I, one knows yet. Because she's. I mean, we. It we still we, looks like she's bouncing back and she's forth going, between the brands. I think she, what she's doing is scouting, and seeing which uh, brand she wants to jump on. Okay, that makes sense. Though. But if I was her and I was a betting person and I'm not, I would say join SmackDown. You've already got top talent on Raw in the women's division in on Raw. Go to SmackDown. Boost that a little bit more. Anyway. Uh, for that main event match, it lasted 16 minutes and 7 seconds with Lyra Valkyra picking up the win and becoming the new NXT Women's Champion by pinfall. Uh, this leaves her Lyra Valkyra's record 29-9, Becky Lynch's record 38-13 with one draw. Moving right along to the October 26th edition of main event, also taking place in our backyard, in Dallas, Texas at the American Airlines Center. You had Zia Lee, who's been chasing after Becky Lynch for this NXT title. And I guess she uh, got was very, very upset about that. Taking on Katana Chance with Caden Carter at ringside. Zia Lee, after, after 10 months into this year, Zia Lee finally picking up a win by pinfall in 5 minutes and 37 seconds. So you can tell she was very angry during this match because she, I guess, got word that Becky Lynch had lost the title. And she was wanting to... Everyone saw the backstage segments on Raw. She was hounding Becky to for the title match. Uh, Zia Lee, like I said, her record is 1-13 now. Katana Chance's record is 8-12. Next... Uh, for the final match for main event, we had Tyler Bate taking on Damon Kemp in a 6 minute 44 second match with Tyler Bate picking up the win by pinfall and boosting his record to 27-9 and nine with one draw. Damon Kemp's record is 10-24. and 24. Uh, Next, we have the October 27th edition of what was an exciting episode of SmackDown coming up to uh, coming to us from the uh, Fissory Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Basically, in the back in the backyard of Green ba- the Green Bay Packers. Uh, first match of the night, we had the Street Profits with Bobby Lashley at ringside taking on LWO members uh, Santos Escobar and Carlito. 
with uh, Rey Mysterio watching in the back. Match lasted 11 minutes and 52 seconds with Street Profits picking up a win with Montez Ford pinning uh, Santos. Now during the match, Ray got attacked by by Logan Paul. Uh, that hurt to say. <laughs> that was um, funny. During that, Carlito ran to the back to go to Ray's aid with permission by Santos. Santos, of course, got then the handicap match treatment. And uh, then that's so when that's what two handicap matches so far in one week it seems. Uh, this leaves Montez Ford's record twenty and twenty-seven, Angelo Dawkins eighteen and twenty-five, Santos's record is an even twenty-seven and twenty-seven, and Carlito's record is five and one. Carlito getting his first loss of the year. Next up, we had Shotzi uh, taking on Chelsea Green with Piper Niven at ringside match lasted three minutes and ten seconds with Shotzi picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Shotzi's record 18 and 20 and Chelsea's record 7 and 28 with one draw. Next up we had Dragon Lee uh, accepting the challenge from Cedric Alexander. Match lasted eight minutes and eight seconds with which was an epic back and forth and great match by both a uh, match that was won by Dragon Lee by pinfall making his record an even 15 and 15 and Cedric Alexander's record 4 and 14 but at the end of it was a good sign of respect from both competitors um, could be possible uh, tag team who knows uh, then the main event for the night is LA Knight yeah oh that was the contract signing that was at the oh, beginning. No. no, that was the match. Yeah, the match. Yeah, the Jim. contract signing. Jim. That one Jim. was epic. We'll talk about that. That was funny too. We'll talk about that a little later, in the main event. All right, then he took. He was to take on Jimmy Uso in a one-on-one -on -one match that lasted 13 seconds, or I'm sorry, <laughs> not 13 seconds. 13 minutes and 21 seconds. It wasn't that quick of a match. 13 uh, seconds. La Knight picks up the win by pinfall. And without any interference from Roman or Solo. That surprised me. That actually is really surprising. Usually someone interferes. Yes. It wasn't until after the match. Uh, but uh, after the match, Roman comes out while LA Knight's celebrating. But LA Knight dodges the spear and Roman gets the uh, finisher from LA Knight. So... Uh, and um, I thought Solo was going to come out after that one, but no. LA Knight's record, 31-38. and 38. Jimmy, uh, his record is 23-27. and 27. And to close out with WWE, we have NXT level up at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. But what about the contract signing? We're going to talk about that on the main event. Uh, okay. uh, so for NXT level up, we had JC Jane with Thea Hale at ringside taking on Izzy Dame. Match lasted five minutes and six seconds, with J.C. Jane picking up the win by pinfall, making J.C. Jane's record 11 and 17, and Izzy Dane's record 2 and 10. And then an epic match, Riley Osborne. I swear he is taking, he's doing really good with these matches, taking on Axiom in the main event for Level Up. Another great physical match from both of these guys. 
lasted 7 minutes and 44 seconds with Axiom picking up the win by pinfall, leaving Axiom's record 31 and 12 with one draw and Riley's record 1 and 10. And uh, that pretty much closes out everything with WWE, but I'm I'm telling you epic epic night and more to follow when we get into the main event, but I'm I'm psyched for Crown Jewel with with all that's going on. We got one more week until it, but I mean, the matchups are epic and awesome, and I'm looking forward to all of it. All right, so Chris, you've got whatever is going on with. AEW. Starting off with Dynamite, the October 24th edition of Dynamite coming from the Leah Course Center in Philadelphia, PA. Philly! Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eagles won today. Yeah. They're 7 1. Yeah! Philly Night thing. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. They, they started off with that uh, Dynamite, Dynamite Diamond Ring match that MJF had against Juice Robinson where MJF successfully defended by pinfall after 15 minutes and 4 seconds. And then you had Hook and Rob Van Dam defeating the Dark Order when when uh, John was ended up... John Silver tapped out to Hook. Good. Uh, after 7 minutes and 56 seconds. I just remembered I skipped the win-loss for that first match. Uh, MJF is 15-2-1 and, and Juice Robinson is 20-9. and nine. Uh, the, the Hook... Rob Van Dam match brings Hook's record to 21 and 2, Rob Van Dam to 2 and 1, Alex Reynolds to 15 and 11, and John is now 17 and 12. Then you had the Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Title on the line with the Elite defending against Isaiah Cassidy or Brothers A. It's one of the two, mm. uh, and the Cat against the Hardys, or with the Hardys. With the Hardys, Isaiah yeah. was with the Hardys. Yeah. Uh, that happened. That match ended up being lost by Isaiah and the Hardys when Zay got pinned after 10 minutes and 4 seconds. This brings their records to Adam, uh, Adam Page, being 14 and 7. Matt Jackson. There's two Matts in this match again. That's I funny. Know. <laughs> so Matt Jackson being 16 and 8. Nick Jackson being 17 and 8. Isaiah being 9 and 12, Jeff Hardy being 7 and 13, and Matt Hardy being 15 and 20. Still funny that there was two Matts. I know. And then you had the AEW Women's World Title defense with Hikaru Shida defending against Ruby Soho successfully by, by pinfall after 9 minutes and 15 seconds, bringing her record to 18, five, 18 and 5. And Ruby Soho is now 17 and 10. Then for the main event, you had Blackpool Combat Club, this time being represented by Danielson and Claudio, against Kazutsuka. Kazutsuka? No, I'm butchering the name, but it's okay. Sorry. You can say Okada. Everyone will know who that is. Yeah, it's kind of like how we usually say Claudio, even though he has a last name too. Yeah. Uh, against the team of Okada and Orange Cassidy, bringing. Brian Danielson's right. Yeah, Brian Danielson had to double check that for a second. Uh, is now 16 and four. Claudio is 12. He's 29 and 12. 
Okada is 0-2, and Orange Cassidy is 44-7. Now, during that match, didn't Brian Danielson get injured? Uh, I think so. Okay. I, I forgot to take note of it, uh, so I don't know exactly how he was injured. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, from what I'm understanding, anyway, there could have been a possible injury there for Brian Danielson. Uh, then, after that, you had Rampage starting off the the 27th October 27th edition of Rampage a no disqualification match between Mike Santana and Ortiz I was surprised they had this match on Rampage I was expecting this to happen at full gear kind, kind of the same uh, even though I think they advertised it or I don't advertised know advertised it or promoted it anyway. One where Mike Santana won let me see the note here. By pinfall after 10 minutes and 7 seconds, bringing his record to 2 and 1 for Mike, and then Ortiz is 2 and 7. And then you had the AW Women's World Title Defense, the second one for this week, so. She's doing double duty. Yeah, uh, except this time it's a fatal four way. No, wait, it was a. It was a know, number it, one contendership I, match from, for it. Yeah. yeah. I think she had a match later on against Abaddon. Uh, plenty of kids were on that match. It was a number one contendership four-way where Abaddon defend, defeated Anna Jay, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale af- by pinning Anna Jay after 8 minutes and 20 seconds, bringing everyone's record to Abaddon being 3-0 and for AEW. Anna Jay being 5 and 13, Sky Blue being even with 23 and 23, and Willow Nightingale being 17 and 2. Uh, which means that she would go on to co- to collision for for Mikarashita's title. Then for the main event, they only had three matches for Rampage. Well, uh, the, that's the usual, because I mean, during Rampage, I think it was during Rampage, we had a promo that um, the former Jericho Appreciation society members were going and um, it seems that uh, Daniel Garcia is like starting to kind of separate himself from the team it seems because if you saw the way they were standing when they were getting interviewed he was over here off on the far right while the other ones were kind of on the left and they were talking about uh, Don Callis and possibly joining up with Don Callis or they were talking about him in a positive way but Daniel Garcia wasn't appreciating it much because it seems like Daniel Garcia, I think, is, like, regretting his decision from walking away from Chris Jericho. Because he tried to help him when he got injured after uh, Powerhouse Hobbs injured him during their match. And then this happens. So, I mean, who's to say? But then, right after, it wasn't it wasn't Matt Minyard. It was the other guy that is with them. I can't remember his name. The, the, hair, the hair guy with the comb? Yeah. I think that was a cool hand... Angela Parker. Okay, Angela Parker and Ruby Soho had some words, and they had some words. There, there's, there's some going on there between those two. I feel words and apparently looks too. I don't know. This looks like something that could be happening between those two. I don't know what. Not speculate. You know, not one to speculate or run gossip, but something's going something. on there. Then you had Kanosuke T- Takeshita against Kyle Fletcher, even though there was a match where. He was with the Don Callis family. Now he's not. Uh, the you had the Don Callis family in the corner of Takeshita, where he ended up winning by pinfall. 
after 11 minutes and 17 seconds, bring Takeshita's record to 16 and 7, and Kyle Fletcher is 14 and 16. Now, after that match, didn't he shake hands with everybody in the Don Callis family? Yeah, I guess. So I guess, so I guess he is a member. Too. I I don't know. But he had this look on his face like he didn't know what was going on, like he was suffering from a concussion or something. He I don't was, know. That he, match confused me too. But he looked completely bit. clueless. It it almost looked reminiscent of. Uh, when John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta had a match, and Wheeler Yuta shook hands with uh, William Regal, John Moxley, uh, Brian Danielson, and Claudio, and became a new member of the Blackpool Combat Club. So that's what it almost looked like to me, reminiscent of it. It was confused. Or no, not Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta was like drip draining of blood and everything because he put his blood into that match. But in this case, with Fletcher, it was like... He literally put blood and sweat into that match. Yeah, but with Fletcher, he didn't know what the heck was going on. He was like, I did what now? I was like, are they... So they're friends now? I, I don't know. I, What's I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off, so go ahead. Then we have AEW Collision on the 28th at the... This is going to be kind of hard to pronounce... Uh, Mohegan's yeah, Mohegan Sun Arena in un, uh, Connecticut. Yukisville, Connecticut. I, I don't know. I've I haven't been to Connecticut. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh we they started off with Jay White with Austin and Colton Gunn and Juice Robinson at ringside de- defeating AR Fox by pinfall after ten minutes and thirty seconds. Then you had Brandon and Brent, the the boys. The, the, the it boys. Went right, it went right into the match. It did. Uh, where you had Austin and Colton Gunn against Brandon and Brent. And that match ended by pinfall after just one, a minute and 38 seconds. So I guess we'll just say a minute and a half. Might, might as well. It's only yeah. eight seconds, give it a take. Then you had... Ab- I was about to say. Then you had Abaddon... Uh, against Hikaru Shida challenging for the title after that number one contendership match for the title in a Fright Night fight. Uh, where Hikaru Shida successfully defended by pinfall after a minute and 11 seconds. The, the way we took the note on that one was kind of weird for the time. Bringing, I forgot to mention, any of the records, literally. Uh, Jay White is 16 and 4. Aero Fox is 7 11. 7 11. Uh, and for that, AR Fox wins a Slurpee from 7 Eleven. No, I'm kidding. Slurpee Slurpee. That, that's funny. We're going to start doing that now. Yeah. Uh, Austin Gunn is, is 16 and 6. Colton is 19 and 5. Brandon is 1 and 7. And Brent is 1 and 7. Hikaru Shida is six, is 16, 19 and five. Abaddon is thirty, is three and one. Then you have uh, a Ring of Honor World Television Title defense: Samoa Joe against Rhett Titus. Uh, it, it was, it, we knew it was a squash match. Titus was already in the ring. Yes, but Titus is a former Ring of Honor Television Champion. 
it, it was still going to be a short match. Only two minutes and four seconds Whoa. is the time with the time. Samoa Joe right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. him still in the hunt after the AEW World Title. Yeah, there was. I think there was. Uh, after the Kenny Omega match, you had Samoa Joe watching, and if I remember right, Wardlow. I'm thinking at some point those those two are going to end up facing off again. War, you was, know, because oh, they you used mean to be watching the Kenny Omega MJF match? Yeah, it which was, was like the main event. It was Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Wardlow. Yeah, I think either all three are going to have a match, or or just Samoa Joe and Wardlow, because Samoa Joe and Wardlow used to be a tag team. That's right. So that that has to come into play somewhere. Yes, I agree. And that match was, if I remember right. Got a fun submission. Two yeah. minute short match again. Then you had Ricky Starks with Big Bill at ringside defeating. You forgot the uh, win loss records. Oh yeah, sorry. sorry. Samoa Joe. Keep forgetting those. Samoa Joe is twelve and six, and Rhett Titus is zero and one. So, not looking too great. Granted, that was just the debut, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Again, a lot of debuts just happen to be squash matches. They always are. Always are the same thing. Same, same difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you had Ricky Starks with Big Bill at ringside against Dax, Har- Dax Harwood with Cash Wheeler at ringside, where that match ended by pinfall and Ricky Starks won. So I, I think that was for the to try and re-challenge for the titles. I think so, too. So now they got to work back up all the way from the bottom again. And FGR has no problem with that. Nah. That match lasted 12 minutes and 44 seconds, bringing Ricky Starks' record to 19 and 10. And Dax Harwood, his record is 13 and 9. Then you had Claudio against Tracy Williams, 43 seconds, even shorter than the uh, Samoa Joe match, yeah. which was kind of fun. Well, Claudio is uh, really, really ticked off right now at With either. The, I think it was Orange Cassidy. Yeah, uh, he's either mad at or he's at, he's mad at both Okada and Orange Cassidy because he doesn't know which one did it, but they uh, one of them injured Brian Daniels, and it's it's really enraged him. And if I remember correctly, he's taking on Orange Cassidy at on uh, Dynamite next week for his international title. We'll have to see how that goes, because he just got the title back, you might as well say. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Then then after that match, I, I think I said the record. Uh, third, no, 30, 30 and 12 for Claudio and 0-1 for Tracy. Okay. Then you had the main event, which was for the AEW world title, Kenny Omega challenging MJF. I said that in a weird order, but I guess same thing. Uh, lasted 30 minutes. They had a real... It was a really good... We marked it as match of the night. It, and more on that to follow. Uh, not 100%. I think it's probably going to be match of the week, too, but uh, it, at least yeah. for now, it's just match of the night. At least for this specific time. Yeah. Uh, it ended by pinfall, and he successfully defended the title MJF. Uh, if I remember right, uh, you also had... Bullet Club Gold come out in a few of that. I would, it's, there was some kind of run-in earlier at some point during Collision. Uh, Don Callis. It was, it was during that match. It was during that main event match. Don Callis. No, I mean like between Bullet Club Gold and... Uh, MJF? Yeah. I think they did. It was either during their two matches or it was It was during, during their two matches. MJF came out to try to steal the title back, but... He, it didn't he, work. It didn't work. 
Then um, in this main event, you had Don Callis come out and he had a like I said he would. I said I said he was going to do something. Yeah, and remember he was trying to talk to MJF about joining his group, and MJF said no. <laughs> it, it was a funny way he said no to. Oh yeah. Like imagine what I could do with our powers combined. I could, I could even get the AW title. Oh wait, I already got that. Even though technically that that's what he was going for. Yeah. Because he lost the title. Not in the match, though. But <laughs> 30 minutes and 13 seconds was the match time. We got off subject there. That's okay. 16-2-1 uh, for MJF, and then 13-9 and nine for Kenny Omega. Still, that was a thrilling, thrilling match. It was. All it, right. it was a good episode of Collision, too. That, that ends that out for AEW. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and go into what happened on the, uh, for the week of... Ring of Honor. All right, so for Ring of Honor, it came to us on October 26th at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. First match, we had Angelica with Serpentico at ringside taking on Metalik in a five-minute, five-second match with Angelico winning by submission, leaving his record... Uh, Angelico's record 7 and 5 and Metalik's record 6 and 10. Next up we had Layla Hirsch taking on Nix in a 1 minute 53 second match with Layla Hirsch picking up the win by submission making her record 13 and 3 and Nix's record 0 and 1. Again, squash match and uh, debut. Next we had Dalton Castle taking on Hen- Anthony Henry in a 8 minute 54 second match with Dalton Castle picking up the win by pinfall making his record 11 and 6 and Anthony Henry's record 3 and 20 next up we had a tornado tag team match between uh, Diamante and Mercedes Martinez taking on Athena and Billy Starks this match ended in 9 minutes and 6 seconds with Mercedes pinning Billy and picking up the win for her team, making Demont- uh, Diamante's record 7-4 and four, and Mercedes' record 9-1. and one. This leaves Athena's record as her first loss of the year, making her 30-1, and one, and Billy's record 8-2. Next up, we had Kyle Fletcher doing double duty, uh, taking on Willie Mack in a 5-minute, 27-second uh, match where Kyle Fletcher picked up the win by pinfall, making Kyle Fletcher's record 10-2 and and Willie Mack's record 3-10. Next up, we had a four-corner survival match, meaning basically a fatal four-way match. Gravity taking on Blake Christian, Gringo Loco, and Slim J. Gravity picking up the win by pinfall in 5 minutes and 32 seconds by pinning Gringo Loco. This makes Gravity's record 9-4, Blake Christian's 5-7, Gringo Loco's record, and Slim J's record, both 11-1. Next match, we had a tag team competition with the Infantry with Trisha Dora at ringside, taking on the Hughes brothers. Match ended in 1 minute and 13 seconds with uh, Sean Dean picking up the win for his team by pinning uh, Terrell Hughes. This leaves Carly's uh, the record. Carly being six and twelve. Sean Dean's record seven and thirteen. Both t- 
Terrell and Terrence Hughes making with their debut of Ring of Honor, making their record 0-1. Next up, we had Lee Moriarty with Shane Taylor, who still has a chip on his shoulder for Keith Lee, uh, taking on Darius Martin in a 2 minute 44 second match. Ref had to stop this one and stop it in favor of Lee Moriarty picking up the win. This match um, makes Lee Moriarty's record now 12 and 4, and Darius Martin 16 and 13. Next up, we have Rachel Ellering. Keep messing up her last name. Uh, taking on Robin Renegade with Charlotte Renegade at ringside. Match lasted 3 minutes and 19 seconds, but Rachel Ellering gets her first win for the year by pinning Robin, making Rachel's record 1-3 and, and Robin's record 4-11. And, and in the main event, we had a triple threat tag match. We had the Gates of Agony with Prince Bunda at ringside, taking on Iron Savages with Jack Jameson at ringside, and... and uh, also taking on Cole Carter and Griff Garrison with, you named it, Maria Canellis at ringside. Match lasted 2 minutes and 43 seconds with Bishop picking up the win by pinning Cole Carter. This leaves the records as you guessed it. Gates of Agony still undefeated in Ring of Honor, leaving them, making them 26-0. and 0. Uh, Boulder and Boulder and Bronson's record both are five and six. Cole Carter's record six and seven, and Griff Garrison's record two and eight. This is pretty—that's pretty much it. That hap- what had happened with uh, Ring of Honor. So we'll just go on from there, and uh, we'll go over and talk. Go ahead and talk about. Match of the week. All right, so go ahead and talk about match of the, match of the week here. Now, um, a lot of great matches, a lot of thrilling matches, but one that stands out above all, not because it was the longest match, but it was the most physical match I've ever seen MJF a part of. I've seen I was about to say the most physical match you've ever seen. Not no, the most physical match I've ever seen for MJF to do. You know, um, I've seen Kenny Omega in some physical matches when he was in New Japan. I've watched uh, watched the classic ones he had uh, for the uh, for the main title there. One minute or not one hour matches hmm. that he's had. Uh, this one really pushed MJF to his limits and didn't he have a 30 minute match with Adam Cole I th- yeah he did and the but, thing is but, I think didn't they have like a little show of respect thing after this match they did after the MJF and uh, Kenny Omega match they did They did. what you didn't see is they have a video out there you can go look for it look it up on YouTube they had somewhat of a promo that, that they cut and it was basically MGF, MJF in a way, thanking Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes for bringing a All Elite Wrestling to fruition and and bringing it to the mainstream. Because if it wasn't for them, MJF would not get the recognition, the title reign that he has, anything. So he was showing his gratitude to them. 
Uh, in exchange, Kenny Omega at first was saying, you know, when the time comes for me to retire, up until this point, I was worried about who I was going to leave the legacy of of this company and and wrestling too, as far as the future and everything. And he said, right now, as of right now, after this match, I have no worries about it anymore. And it's because of MJF that I no longer have these worries. So it was a lot of re- mutual respect back and forth between the both of them. Um, I thought it was a really great physical match. The many times that I thought MJF, that's it, he's going to lose his title, he bounces right back and kicks out of one move after another. And I, I was I was loving this match. This was a downright physical and what is a textbook from bell to bell wrestling match. I enjoyed it thoroughly as a wrestling fan. Chris, your thoughts? Same here. Uh, I didn't. Despite knowing that it's probably still going to be Jay White, I think it was Jay White uh, and MJF at the next pay per view, it's like, they, I don't know, with some of the falls, it looked, there was one fall where the, the ref had to make sure that he clarified that it was two because it was almost exactly three thought, and it wasn't MJF. It, so was, it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a three count against MJF. Okay, I think and I know that, which one you're talking about. It was like towards the end that yes. happened. Uh, it made it hard to tell what, who's going to win on that. Uh, then you also had the, the back and forth pins where they would reverse one pin into another pin into another pin. I thought it was a good match. Okay. So. All right. And that is what made it match of the week for this week. I, and I, I say applaud and hats off to the, to those two guys for leaving it all out there in the ring and then showing some mutual respect for each other. That's how, that's how it's supposed to go there. I mean, you talk about your squash matches and everything like that. This was a wrestling match, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, well, enough of that there. So we'll just go ahead and head on into uh, wrestling history. This week in wrestling history. All right. So a lot that had happened uh this week in wrestling history uh, a lot of notable birthdays go ahead and go over that with you here so on october 22nd in 1974 in nashville tennessee robert fuller defeats jerry the king lawler to be to win the nwa southern heavyweight title notable birthdays on this day Carmella, expecting mother-to-be of Corey Graves' uh, son, their first child together, uh, celebrates a birthday today. She turns 36. Uh, notable death on this day, uh, the Samoan ch- uh, former WWE champion and sumo expert Yokozuna had passed away back in 2000. He was only 34 years old. Uh, next up, it was on this day, October 23rd, 1998, in Cleveland, Ohio, the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon, took on, took the ECW tag team titles from Rob Van Dam and Sabu, making them champions for the fourth time in ECW history. 
notable deaths on the, or not deaths, no, notable birthdays. Uh, we have that was Bi- a bit of an oof slip up. Yeah, there. that was an oof slip up, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, we have Bill Dundee celebrating a birthday. Uh, the late Sapphire. Now, many of you young new fans of wrestling don't know who Sapphire was, but many of the old school wrestling fans do. When Dusty Rhodes was in WWE during the late '80s, he did have a manager uh, who was a uh, a, dr- a truck driver for WWE at the time, and her name was Sapphire. Uh, she would come out with Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry, not Cody, Dusty Rhodes, to the ring, and that was when he had the famous polka dot uh, ring gear. Uh, and they would always, every time he come out, they get in the ring and they just boogie on down to the music and everything of, of Dusty's theme song. Um, she celebrated a birthday. Uh, she would have celebrated a birthday today. Sadly, she had passed away many uh, years ago. Uh, next up, we had Braun Breaker of NXT celebrating a birthday today. Uh, next up, on this day, on October 24th, 1976, in Madison Square Garden, Bruno Sammartino retained his WWF World Heavyweight title against Nikolai Volkov. Um... Uh, he won by pinfall in a eight, 18 and a half minute uh, main event match. Uh, notable birthdays. There, I said it right. Uh, Rosa Mendez celebrating a birthday. Perry Saturn celebrating a birthday. Uh, two Cold Scorpio also celebrating a birthday on that day. On this date, on October 25th, 1997, and I know this date very well because it was a very historic, historic, historic WCW Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. It was. It took place in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on Eddie Guerrero in a title versus mask match. This was going to be for the cruiser, WCW Cruiserweight title that Eddie Guerrero was trying to retain. As everyone knows, in the, in, if they've watched this very classic, excellent match, Rey Mysterio picks up the win over Eddie by pinfall. Um, the Wrestling Observer had named it the fourth best match of 1997. And it receives high praise, and Rey Mysterio... He says that is his number one favorite match that he's ever had because it was with his brother, uh, Ray Mister, or with his brother Eddie Guerrero. Uh, notable birthdays: Kevin Sullivan, uh, CM Punk. You're a guy, right? My guy, CM Punk, voice of the voiceless, the best in the world. CM Punk celebrating a birthday today, and Bobby Fish, formerly of. Uh, undefeated or the uh, undisputed era back in NXT when uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong were a part of NXT on this date October 26th 1996 the year prior to that you had another Halloween Havoc in Las Vegas main event you had Hollywood Hulk Hogan 
or in this case Hollywood Hogan, taking on Randy Savage for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. It was more of a fight, a personal fight, than it was a wrestling match. Uh, because Macho Man was getting tired of being embarrassed by the NWO and Hollywood Hogan. Uh, to the point where Hollywood Hogan had signed over or signed up Macho Man's uh, ex-wife, the Miss Elizabeth. And uh, this made Randy Savage ballistic. And prior to the match, Randy flat out told him on, and said her on the microphone, I want all your goons and your baggage carriers to leave the ringside so I can face you one-on-one so I can kick your butt. Expletive. Expletive. I mean, Randy was livid. And as soon as the bell rang, it was a back-and-forth match. But sadly... Um, with an assist from the giant, Paul Paul Wright, uh, Hogan retained his title. But immediately after winning that t- that match, you hear this familiar sound of bagpipes, and out comes Roddy Roddy Piper. I thought it was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Sorry, I still say it like that. I thought that. he was one of your favorite and, guys. And anyway, he is. May he forever rev- rest in peace. But Roddy Piper came out. And confronted Hogan and, and brought up everything about their past, their WrestleMania one main event match that they had with that they had and saying that, you know, basically he was saying, basically, if it wasn't for these fans that you keep trashing, you wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for me, WrestleMania wouldn't be as big as it was because it took two of us. And, you know, he kept bashing Hogan and basically throwing Hogan's career in his face saying if it wasn't for all these things you wouldn't be here in this at, at this particular point in your career right now in professional wrestling if it wasn't for these following people that you have crapped on including me Piper said uh, also in that pay-per-view you had Dean Malenko uh, the shooter the, the dude had classic matches with Eddie Guerrero in ECW and is a real skill was a real skilled techni- technician in the ring. Took on Rey Mysterio for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship and beat Rey Mysterio for the title. Also that night, the Outsiders mem- NWO members Scott Hall and Kevin Nash won their first WCW tag team titles by defeating Harlem Heat, Booker T, and his brother Stevie Ray. Uh, notable birthdays: Harvey Whippleman, known well-known manager of many wrestlers. Uh, also, he did a lot of behind-the-scenes work. He would work uh, for Memphis Wrestling for Jerry the King Lawler's promotion uh, as a referee and as a manager. Helped uh, The Rock with his career. Helped him out. Uh, real well-known in the world of professional wrestling. He celebrates a birthday. Omas's manager mvp celebrates a birthday on that day all right next up on this day of october 27th 2018 wwe held their first female only pay-per-view evolution it was held at the nassau veterans memorial coliseum in new york new york and it marked the very first pay-per-view dedicated solely 
to just the female wrestlers. No male wrestler participated in a match in this pay-per-view, particular pay-per-view event. The main event had Ronda Rousey defending her Raw Women's title against Nikki Bella. Ronda Rousey, of course, winning the match. This pay-per-view also saw Becky Lynch retain her SmackDown Championship against Charlotte Flair in a Last Woman Standing match. Shayna Baszler regained the NXT Women's Championship from Carrie Sane in uh, the night's only title change that night. Uh, Hall of Famers Trish Stratus and Lita made their return to the ring uh, against Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Notable birthdays. You have Christy Hemi celebrating a birthday. Rocky Romero celebrating his birthday. Iron Mike Sharp celebrating a birthday. And Dan Math celebrating a birthday. All right. Well, that basically closes everything out for um, for the week in professional wrestling, for the history of professional wrestling. Ding. So we end that segment so <laughs> with if, a ding. If that picked up on the recording thing, I'm not sure if it did. Uh. It probably did. I don't know. But uh, next up, we're going to go ahead and go over uh, through the week in uh, news in professional wrestling. Let me go ahead and just hit it off with that. Again, it does the ding. So that just tells us tells us we need to begin. It's now time for the Cross Promo Wrestling News. Go ahead, Chris. This one's about one of the matches at Crown Jewel. Dad will probably like this. Logan Paul gets U.S. title shot. (laughs) I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one. You continue to read. Uh, I mean, most of the other stuff I can add is just the history stuff that I think we already know. Um, he's getting a U.S. title shot against Rey Mysterio at Crown Jewel in Rydia, Saudi Arabia, early next month. Uh, he ended up, he's been returning every, every now and then on SmackDown because he's a part-timer. Uh, and ended up, again, the thing you were talking about, mm-hmm. where he, <laughs> this is kind of hard for you, ain't it? <laughs> I'm, I told you, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this. On, on, uh, on my opinions of this, because the, it's as the old saying goes, son, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And I'm going that route. I'm taking the high road on this. So. Uh, 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 and remember, there was a promo he did a while back where he said something about how he already beat Rey Mysterio. Mm. Um, then there was some kind of encounter where Do- Ray compared him to Dominic and and then. All, all this back and forth, and yeah, that's basically it. Hmm. Okay. Yep, I'm not saying anything on that matter until we get to our predictions. No comment statement withheld, right? Exactly. You you get the nail on the head there, son. Thank you for understanding. And I hope you fan, and I thank you fans that understand, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm uh, I'm better than that, much much better. I I don't want to stoop myself to those levels of uh, uh, to of that because I I would then be labeled as a hater. 
I'd be labeled as a uh, some people, even though I don't type anything out against anybody, uh, a keyboard warrior. Anyway, moving right along, the Undertaker is launch is stepped into the R ring, if you will, son. If you can catch our drift. Oh, he's doing podcasting. Undertaker is launching uh, his own podcast where he's going to be going over his wrestling career or anything, uh, sharing anything going on in sports. Kind of like what Stone Cold did. Exactly. Uh, He's calling the podcast the Six Feet Under podcast. Um, It's uh, the full title is Six Feet Under with Mark Kellaway. Um. He's been doing a lot of tours to where he does a night with The Undertaker where he'll go out and do a Q&A and talk to fans and just talk about his career, how he got to where he was in WWE and to the Hall of Fame and everything like that. Um, he is He does have a Patreon page. If you are interested in joining that, uh, look it up. It is Six Feet Under with Mark Kellaway, the Patreon page. And he's got, uh, here are the subscription levels for that. He's got one that's called Old School, named after his finishing move. Old School Early Access, and uh, the big big prized one, uh, The Streak. Now, the three tiers, uh, the prices of those, uh, five, $5, $6, and $10 per month, uh, again, through Patreon. I didn't see a seven, eight, or nine in there anywhere. No. <laughs> um, now he will be pr- uh, putting out a new episode uh, on. Uh, will be on Wednesdays. Um, again, I'm going to subscribe to this because I'm a huge Undertaker fan. When I started getting more into the groove and understanding wrestling more, that's when the Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series, and I was just I was captivated by this, on how how he moved in the ring and everything he he equated it to saying you know he studied how mike michael myers and jason would stalk their victims and that's how he kind of got that inspiration for the undertaker because during that time he was quick he would be quick on the ropes and everything but and then he had some kind of issues with slowing it down because of that. Yeah. he wanted to go fast, but he had to go slow. Yeah, he, he believed in the phrase, less is more. And it led him to a 30-plus year career and Hall of Fame. Well learned. All right, Chris, you got some news on what's going on with uh, Impact, I believe. Yeah, uh, Impact, or as they're going to be called after the new year. Uh, Hard to Kill 2024 is going to take place in Las... is going to be from Las Vegas on January the 13th. It'd be funny if that was a Friday, yeah. but I think it's a Saturday. Because that's the, when they usually do their pay-per-views. Yeah. What were you going to say? This is the event that they're officially changing their name back to TNA, correct? I think so. Okay. Uh, let's see. Live from... Uh, Palm. It's going to be live from the Palms... Yeah. Palms Casino Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, second night of television tapings will also be there. Oh. Uh, on Sunday, okay. on the 14th. Uh, the event is titled The Snake Eyes Extravaganza Show, and it's going to be part of their weekly broadcast. Okay. It's okay, cool. so it's going to be... Uh, so they're going to have two weekly shows then? 
They're going to have Impact, and then they're going to have Snake Eyes Extravaganza? I'm, I'm confused on that. We'll I look think... more into that, because uh, with them changing their name back to TNA, that means TNA will now have a weekly show that's called Impact. Let's see. Second night. Television tapings will also be held. I, I probably shouldn't read it word for word. Uh, the way it's worded, it makes it sound like they're doing two shows. But I'm not 100% sure. Well, uh, the, we'll, we'll look into that and d- get more research on that. Because it does sound interesting. If they're going to have a second weekly show, that means that, they're trying to get in competition with AEW and WWE. I mean... That, that could be why they changed their name back. Yeah. And, I mean, NWA was trying that with their YouTube, you know, and their streaming, uh, where they had NWA Power... And then their second show of the week was NWA USA. I think that was to compete more with AEW's dark matches back when they were doing them. Exactly. Because I, I think they stopped doing putting them out on YouTube. They have. Is that like an official thing or did they just forget to I'm, put them out? No, no. I think it's an official thing because I haven't seen any more uh, AEW dark or anything like that after. Yeah. Dark after. and dark elevation. They stopped doing that. <clears throat> they stopped doing that right before they b- debuted Collision. And Rampage, I believe. That's probably why they did it. They wanted to get more attention on those shows. Yeah. Um, forgot to mention tickets uh, for both Hard to Kill and Snake Eyes Extravaganza will be going on sale Friday, November 4th mm. at uh, Impact's website. Okay. Well, if, you ever, or if you're ever, if you in the Va- Las Vegas area and you want to participate in that event or go to watch it, Chris just dropped, it, dropped a bomb on you there is when the tickets go on sale. Speaking of Impact Wrestling, or I'm sorry, we're going to start getting in the habit of it. Speaking of TNA, uh, they had just re- uh, had their Hall of Fame ceremony. And uh, I'll just go ahead and list some names here uh, that were inducted into the Im- uh, Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, as their title is currently. Mike Tanay, uh ringside commentator. And the late Don West got recognized and inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tracy Brooks uh, also was inducted. Um, Tracy Brooks was inducted first by Gail Kim. And um, then uh, the others... See now, uh, those are the two that were uh, inducted. They now join Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Earl Hepner, Gail Kim, Abyss, Ken Shamrock, Awesome Kong, Raven, Team 3D, just to name a few, as far as the members of the uh, Hall of Fame. Chris, you got some news uh, coming out of AEW next. Uh, Brock Anderson has confirmed his departure from AEW or All Elite Wrestling. This is Arn Anderson's son. Yeah. I remember one time we were watching, you said that they look almost alike in the face. They were, ve- they, I mean, it's a spitting image of Arn Anderson back when Arn Anderson was wrestling for NWA, uh, WCW. Uh, he, he was, uh, AEW roster page. Is that on their website? AEW? Yes. He was removed from that. Uh, so he did, that happened last week. Wow. So that means that I guess it's official. Uh, there's also a quote here. He announced this on his 
his uh, social media. One of them. Right. Uh, the quote, to those who have that have supported me and helped me, thank you. To my detractors, that's your right. That's your right to an opinion. He wrote on X. Uh, that was the end of the quote. Yeah. Uh, quote, all I can do to quote at Dustin Rhodes is keep stepping onto the next chapter. End quote. Uh, twenty-six year old. He 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 was he started working in a on AEW in twenty twenty-one. Last appeared on August twelfth. Uh, in on Collision. Right. Uh, it was it was his last match. For now, seems to have been a TNT title match against Luchasaurus. Mm. Okay, where he's going, no one's no one knows, and we're not even going to start the speculation train on that one, because we already know where half of it, where what half of it is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Impact you... Wrestling is going to rebrand itself to TNA. This is as of January of Wait, didn't we talk about this uh, like last week? We did, but uh, it goes into or more. Or they de- elaborated on it. Yeah, they're elaborating more on it again. Um, company officials have confirmed uh, that the new year is going to be the relaunch in a, in a way and a new look of TNA. So we may get a whole new TNA logo, may get a whole new uh, type of uh, setting for the arena, stage, everything. This is a whole rebirth. I just pray to the wrestling gods above that they do not, and this is my personal opinion here, they do not return that eight-sided ring that they had. Because that was the most confusing and irritating ring and an eyesore that I ever saw in my life. I'm used to the traditional four-sided squared circle, not the We're going to pick this to wrestling be different. octagon UFC knockoff thing. We're going to pick this to be different type of deal. Oh, you agree you say different for me? No, I I'm saying I I I haven't seen it so I can't really have okay. much of an opinion you, I mean, about it. Uh, hang on. Uh, um but I'm saying maybe you they picked it about to be it different. And I'll try to produce a picture um, here. I think I saw like one match on before the impact, uh, one time when that came on the TV, and I ended up getting onto the channel a bit early. I think it was a match with Kurt Angle, um, but it, it definitely was a little weird looking. I think, just again, just to be different. But other than that, I don't really know. Yeah, here it is. It's the six-sided ring. Okay, that does look a little weird. It it, it does. I right. mean, you've got six ring posts, six turnbuckles. I mean, it's great and all if you're having like a like six tag teams going after one another or something, but that would confuse matters. But I mean, it would be a pain for pay per views because we got to count each pin, each submission, each tag. Yeah, but I'm just saying six tag just teams. Looking Jeez. at the image of the ring itself, I mean, what do you, what do you say? What do you think? confusing most people are going to be used to a four-sided ring including the wrestlers yeah so i feel like it'd be it might be a better idea to try and work with the people with the wrestlers on that instead of against them as far as muscle memory and everything like that goes so i'm just saying it was an eyesore when i first saw it i'm all like are they serious with this with this ring this six-sided ring i mean it's like watching dungeons and dragons you know with you know six-sided dice it, it, it irritated me. 
And that's just my opinion. Some people have thought, you know, oh, this is awesome. I like this. This is different. This is how you separate yourself from the other companies. That may be true, but like you said, it's confusing. It really is. But anyway, we're being told that we're going to be looking for a new, a new look for TNA. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. But I just really, really, really hope they do not they do not bring that six sided ring back because that uh, to me that wasn't um, that wasn't all that entertaining. All right, Chris, you got some news coming out of WWE about a PLE. Oh, uh, Bash in Berlin, the premium live event for. Uh, I think it sounds like it's going to be in Germany. I I'm not sure. It's I, Berlin. <laughs> That's why it's funny. It's in Germany. Uh, August 2024, so next year. I would have a joke there, but I don't know if I should say it. Not the sure last it... time we had a bash in Berlin, there was a certain particular guy in control and led to World War II. Oh, yeah, and the whole thing with the wall there, but we, uh, we were trying to stay in the realms of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but go ahead. <laughs> it's like any time Germany gets brought up, uh, in the meantime... Remember in Pyrrhus? <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Oh, I wonder what kind of uh, ovation they're going to get there in in Berlin. Yeah, the last time in Austria and Germany. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to stop stop right there. We're ahead there. (laughs) Cut you off right there before you get ahead of yourself and we get in trouble. Yeah. It should be fine right now, anyway. We don't want to get banned. We got a bit off subject there. (laughs) Continue. Uh, they announced Bash, that Bash in Berlin, the first ever major WWE PLE, to be is to be held in Germany and will and will be from the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Berlin, Germany. Hmm. Okay. I feel like we've said Berlin. A when lot. is that? When is that PLE going to come out? Yeah. Uh, end of August, uh, August thirty-first, Saturday of that year, of next year. Okay. So this will be. The fir- this is the first one they've done in Germany. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm just trying to get the timeline. This is going to be right. This will probably be after SummerSlam because SummerSlam is in the month of August. So this is probably going to take place. So they got two pay-per-views that month. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know because I, I thought SummerSlam. I don't have all the pay-per-views memorized. In fact, I oh I do. In fact, I can't tell whether. Uh, the At one coming the, up. I have the six major WWE pay-per-views. I mean. I'll run through the list for you real quick. You got Royal Rumble in January. That one I got. WrestleMania is either March or April. I thought it was only April, like April 1st. It was March or April because when WrestleMania 3 happened, it was in March because I know because that was my birthday. That was my first birthday. Uh, Just to tell you, show you kids how old I am. Uh, Then came King of the Ring. That was around uh, May or June. And then you had um, uh, Survivor Series. That was in November. And then SummerSlam was in August. So you had... Let me go over it again. I always thought SummerSlam was in July. No, 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 no. You're thinking I'm, of... Uh, Bash of the Beach, I think. Was you're thinking of Bash one. of the Beach or a Great American Bash that would happen one, in July. It, it was something... So we you're, got another Bash paper Jew. Yeah. Paper um, anyway. Uh, you had... Again, Royal Rumble in January, WrestleMania in March or uh, March or April, 
then King of the Ring was either May or June. In Your House was around during the middle of summer. So June. Uh, then SummerSlam was in August and Survivor Series was in November. So, uh, Meanwhile, here I am, not really sure whether the next one is going to be next Saturday or the one after. Right. Or this coming. There's different ways to refer to days. And then there's just other stuff on the <laughs> article. All right. Well, we got a um, we got a Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling star re-signing and renewing his contract with the company. Unless we start saying TNA Impact, take no. care. Even though they're changing their big company name to TNA. Well, it's my guy PCO. <laughs> he re-signed so he's staying with them he's staying with them he wants uh, to get back at uh steve macklin for that staple prob- gun thing pr- probably i mean i don't know he didn't sign it with his blood thankfully uh but the announce uh the um the re-signing was announced uh in the morning of october 24th uh pco saying and i quote and he does talk saying i quote i really wanted to be a part of the new era of tna wrestling and scott demore uh, made an offer I could not refuse. End quote. Uh, it was this, to let him use the staple gun. Yes. Um, I want you to guess the age of PCO right now. Forties. Uh, nope. Older or younger? Younger. Older. Fifty something. Uh, PCO is fifty-five. I was about to say late 40s, maybe early 50s. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats to PCO. Sealed the deal with the staple. Uh, That's probably what was holding the staple. The, I was about to say staple. We're holding holding the contract together. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris, you got news coming from NXT. Becky Lynch says she's immensely proud of her, her, her time as NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she said that it on Instagram. Uh, quote, from from getting to step in the ring with some of the finest up-and-comers to open challenges on Raw mm. and being a catalyst for highlighting the wealth and hu- of hungry talent we have on our roster, uh, end quote. Uh, she won't, wrote, however you pronounce that. <laughs> uh, quote, at Real Valkyria is the real deal and will be a star for years to come. The future is in good hands. End quote. All right. Yeah, she's got a book. Um, the man Becky Lynch. She's got a book coming out in March, I believe, about her her life and her career in professional wrestling. So, looking forward to that book. All right. Uh, makes makes you wonder what's going to happen with uh, the title now. Yeah. I uh, you think. Uh, forget who it was that was that was constantly harassing becky lynch for the title shot i forgot the name zia lee zia lee i I was thinking something like that but i don't know but the way this is going uh, i think what she's probably gonna end up doing is working her way up to number one contender spot if they don't have another like tournament thing yeah uh and that's how she'll end up getting the title Mm -hmm. so well i mean that frees her to go after the world title. 
But who? But wait, she's on Raw, so she'll probably have to go after. She'll uh, go after that world title. All right. Um, coming out of the world of AEW, uh, they announced on December thirtieth they will have a pay per view. Uh, you announced the new pay per view. We're gonna do that too. December thirtieth, they'll be debuting their pay per view. It's World's like- End. I was about to say, is it something relating to the new year? Does it have any mention of that in the title? Nope, it's just nope. the world's end. World's End. end. Uh, it's going to be taking good... place at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Long Island, New York. So that's kind of where I mentioned uh, something that happened in history. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, world's take... End sounds like the name for a movie. There have been many movies with that those words in them. Um, it's going to happen Saturday, December 30th, live. And tickets go on sale for that particular pay-per-view on November 3rd. <laughs> uh, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. And you want to get those anywhere where you get your tickets. But they're saying here you can get them at AEWTIX.com. Uh, they're saying here it's the third AEW pay-per-view this year uh, following the induction of all in and wrestle dream um there are rumors still going that tony khan is trying to push for a similar pay-per-view schedule that wwe has and that is one pay-per-view every uh, one pay-per-view every month um so we'll see what happens there um there are also plans that aew talks and rumors that they may move their pay-per-views to uh the max streaming service sometime next year if so that means we got to get a whole new streaming service all right chris that's kind of funny chris wanted to go ahead and mention this because he witnessed this himself on wednesday and we'll call that a part of our breaking news segment breaking news well i I witnessed bits and pieces because we were having technical difficulties it kept cutting out and stuff but still uh, Ric Flair was on Dynamite. I know. I saw that, and I'm all like, oh, my like, God. What's he doing here? Yeah. Uh, but apparently this was the the special gift that Tony Khan, he was surprised, too. You should have seen it. Uh, <laughs> had for Sting. <laughs> That's our joke with Tony Khan. He always looks surprised. Always. Always surprised. He's like, I, I can't really, believe I got Ric Flair to come onto the show. I, I hope it's not a medical thing or something. Oh, wait, he doesn't have that deep of a voice. I I hope it's not a medical thing. That way it's not considered offensive or something like that. I hope not. Uh, We we don't mean anything by it. We just think it's a little funny. Uh, uh, He... (laughs) You're laughing about it now. Because I got another joke in my head. I mean, everybody not taking him seriously either. Tony was really, really shocked at this. Really? How could you tell? His eyes were big. His eyes are always big. His eyes were wide with surprise. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Continue on about Ric Flair. Like how we just go on for Tony Khan. We we start talking about Ric Flair. And it's like, you remember that Tony Khan guy? <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, size of saucer plates. Go ahead. Just left and right off subject for this episode. <laughs> oh, dear God. Go for mm-hmm. it. Uh, he got a, a, a huge ovation. Uh, due to some of his accomplishments, 16-time world champion. Yeah. Uh, his fir- 
it, uh, is it his first? The uh, first time I'm reading the headline, so I'm reading this as I go. Um, according to this first time appearance on AEW or first appearance, not first time. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen, Sting, Tony Schiavone waited, were in the ring. Uh, discussed how him and Sting made history three and a half decades ago. Yeah, back uh, in the eighties. Yeah, in nineteen eighty-eight, Clash of Champions, yes. WrestleMania. Yes. Uh, and he said that Sting is one of the nicest people he's ever known. Not, not to mention, I'm going to mention this. They were the main event for the first WCW Nitro televised show, and they were also the last main event for WCW Nitro. It's kind of funny. A Sting and Ric Flair sandwich. Oh, God. Uh, a little a little weird, but kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, but it... It's definitely cool, I would say. Yeah. Two, w- two legends from WCW. It would have been even that. weirder if on the first one they were the opener and on the, the last one they were the main event. No, they were both main events. Yeah, but it, I was saying if it was like that, it'd be even weirder. But their but their match at Clash of the Champions, they've had classic matches. They were really really good. Yeah. Uh, however, it was interrupted by Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Of course. And of course, Christian Cage mocked Ric Flair, uh, saying that at least he's not looking like Weekend at Bernie's. The set on this guy, I swear. He's just going around and insulting I mean, where, everyone. Where, I mean, where was this when he was in WWE? I don't think WWE would have let him get away with it. Good point. Well, I don't know. They might have. No, only to a certain extent. Because Jericho was the one literally peeing in people's tea. Oh, yeah. That was a classic. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then still having... I, I don't think him and uh, Regal have interacted all that much since because... Regal. Every now up. and then they've had their interactions. No, I but mean on AEW, Regal ended up they have. going out. Uh, oof. Add, and added that if there was a god, Ric Flair. He said that if there was a god, Ric Flair would have been dead 20 years ago. So I guess, again, the, the whole set. No, no respect out of this guy, I swear. No. None whatsoever. I would explain what he said to Edge. I mean, uh, Adam Copeland. There you go. Good correction. Yeah. All right. Well, that closes out the news segment. So all we got left to do is time for the cross promo main event. All right. So with us not being able to read the impact predictions i know a lot of people are all like wait a minute what happened on impact chris go ahead and tell the audience what exactly happened with impact this week i forgot to mention that it it was like a recap show of the pay-per-view uh which confused me definitely i thought there would be like an aftermath show kind of like what they did with the other pay-per-views uh but maybe some of the stuff was uh, so so big that they had to recap it the week after. Uh, yeah, that, that was what happened. Okay. Uh, well, we've got in the main event. We are going to give you guys our predictions a week before, and that's going to be for Crown Jewel. I right. don't even think we have all the matches yet. But we got majority of the matches, and we'll I just... think we got majority, but not all. Yeah, so but we'll, but we'll, we'll close go, enough. We'll go from that. Okay, so. At least you can't say we're cheating if we get any of them right. Yeah. Um, And this is going to be in no particular order right now. Uh, So starting off, 
Uh, we got a one-on-one match between the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, up against the Judgment Day's Punisher, Damian Priest. They go one-on-one. Um, a lot of history between these two. I mean, I'll, tag I'll, championships. I'm, I'm still going to say Cody's going to win this one. I'm going to say Cody because Cody's needing to put Judgment Day in the back, in his rear view, and look forward to trying to complete, as everyone's saying and making fun of him for it, but completing the story. And that's getting a main title, be whether it be the WWE Undisputed Universal title from Roman Reigns, if Roman Reigns is still champion at the end of Crown Jewel, or Seth Rollins, if Seth Rollins is still champion at the end of the night. Because Seth Rollins has got to worry about two factors. He's got to worry about Drew McIntyre, and then he's got to worry about Damian Priest, who still has his... Money in the bank the, contract. The kind of funny thing is he's got two champions. He's got Roman Reigns he could cash on, even though I don't think he will. No. Uh, he's not. I think they had an agreement to Judgment Day and the Bloodline, and that was not to... Interfere uh, with each other too inter- much. Interfere with each other's business. And uh, I think they had a mutual agreement. Judgment Day will run Raw, and Bloodline will run SmackDown. And uh, he's already got a match. So right. he's probably going to be a little tired from that to interfere on one of two different champions. Right. Well, here's the thing, though, on that factor, you, on, going back to the Bloodline and the Judgment Day, they're going to be both be under the same roof Saturday night. So it's like watching a mafia show or mo- a mafia movie. You have your separate families. You have the Judgment Day family and the Bloodline family, literally. Um, literally family, literally family, family, <laughs> and no word if uh, Vin Diesel is at ringside at this. Uh, since we're talking about family, since we're talking about family, uh, so um, maybe they had a, a professional understanding to stay out of each other's way. But I think if these two factions are still intact, at some point, some point in time, they're going to clash. If the bloodline hasn't completely collapsed by then. I know. They they only have Jimmy, Solo, and Roman. They don't have enough members to do it right Not now. Not right now, no. They just need uh, one more. Uh, they just need a female. And What about uh, J.D. McDonough? They oh, yeah, you got J.D. McDonough on the Judgment Day. Well, then you need one more family member to, to take. I mean... There's you a need lot a male of and a female there. extra for the ju- for a bloodline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already saw Paul trying to uh, uh, recruit Ava from NXT to join the blood to join up with the bloodline because they are family. It is the Rock's daughter. Um. Then of course, I mean, who else? You can't have Jay come back. Obviously, no. You you would need more uh, one more male member to even everything out if you're wanting to have an even war in a way a faction um, war a faction war uh i also say cody rhodes on this um he he really i mean he's already like 80 something wins for the year i think it was more than 80 i think no it was last time i read his win loss record it was like over it was already over 80 and but granted, a lot of those are dark matches, but still. But still, I mean, it's a lot of matches and a lot of wins. Uh, next match, <clears throat> they had announced this, uh, and 
informed us on SmackDown too. Uh, John Cena taking on Solo Sokoa, the enforcer of the bloodline, one on one. Since Roman is going to be pretty much preoccupied uh, with L.A. Knight, yeah. Um, more on that match later. More on that match coming up later, as well as what happened this past SmackDown with oh, the contract yeah. signing. Um, it John Cena with his promo this this week. It sounded like he was really really unsure of himself if he can even beat solo it sounded like a lot of self-doubt had kind of started to creep in a little bit and sound like he was starting to shy away from his never give up policy i think with that he he's probably not gonna give up on this match um but at the same time i'm not sure 100 percent either i'm thinking cena's gonna win this one uh if okay I th- I'll say right now, I think Cena's going to pull through on this one and win because the way he was talking, it was sounding like if he loses this match, he's going to retire. That's what it sounded like to me during the, his promo. And I wasn't uh, listening for that, like that specifically. Oh, believe so. me, whenever I listen to promos, I go and I listen to further detail and I- I'm thinking have more my like, own little in- insights on it. But the way he was I'm talking thinking more like storyline stuff, not people yeah. retiring. So, well, it sounds like that's what's going to be happening if he loses is because he was saying, you know, if he doesn't have the ability to be an in-ring competitor anymore, then. What else can he contribute? Because he's busy out in Hollywood. He can't be a, a commentator or analyst or whatever. So, I mean, there's nothing much left. So, But I, I seriously think he'll pull through and win this one to give his boost of confidence back. Um, but again, he, w- we'll see what happens. Uh, next match is... Chris, why don't you read that next match? Dad doesn't want to read this one. No, I don't. You read it. Uh, uh, Logan Paul, his match with Rey Mysterio. I say Rey Mysterio is going to win. I'm thinking Rey Mysterio, too. <laughs> I'm just saying it because, again, don't have anything nice to say. I'm not going to say it at all. Uh, there's a possibility Rey. No, no, there ain't a possibility. Rey is going to win this one. I don't see him winning. Moving along. That was a short one. What You didn't say who you thought would win. I said you said Ray. Ray? Okay. I said Ray. Okay. Another. Um, yeah. Next up, we've got uh, EO Sky taking on uh, Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Championship. Now, Bianca came back. Uh, and cut a pr- and did a promo on SmackDown where she did talk to Nick Aldis, and he agreed and approved the title match at Crown Jewel. But coming up this week, Bianca is going to be taking on Bailey, the one that led to her getting sidelined for a couple of uh, for a couple of months. Uh, do I'm, you do you think possibly? Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Put what, it in. What were you going to say? No, you go first. I, I was just going to talk about my predictions. Yeah, go but, for it. Go for it. Um, I was just going to say I'm not too sure on who's going to win this one. Um, it, it really could go either way. It can. 
I think that ring rust might be a bit of an issue for Belair. Uh, except for, you know, that one match she's having this week, this coming week on yeah, a Friday. A little warm-up match, a tune-up match. Yeah. Um, if that helps her get the ring rust off before that match, then that maybe she'll win this one. Yeah. Um, but I'm not too sure. Okay. Uh, I think Bianca is going to pull this one off and become champion. Uh, my, my thoughts on this with what is going on right now within the WWE, within their world, uh, you've got, and I'm pulling the curtain a little bit here. Her husband, Montez Ford is now joined up with Bobby Lashley and Angelo Dawkins in this new faction. Who's to say Bianca wins, but decides to join up with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley and form up a team. And, and, and then they could go against LWO. They can go up against LWO, but you got to also put in the factor of Carmelo Hayes. This past, uh, just what had happened on NXT, you had Shotzi and Scarlett say two, straight to Carmelo's face that Carmelo was the one that attacked Trick Williams the uh, couple of the week or two weeks before. So that way Trick Williams wouldn't participate in that number one contender match and made it a triple threat instead of a fatal four-way. I honestly think Carmelo did that too, just to get that. Um, I think it would motivate her to join that faction more if she didn't win. Because then she'd be looking okay. for some okay. help with a so you think So you think EO is going to win? Again, I'm not too sure, but I think if it is go- supposed to lead... To her joining that faction, then it would lead. Then she would have a loss here. But you didn't pick one. Uh, that is a good point. Uh, <laughs> but what you're saying, it, it it does it it what you're saying does make sense. If you have Bobby Lashley leading this group and trying to lead this group to championship gold to where or or try to manipulate them using that as like a yes y- you know how in the cartoons they have the little character motivated on the treadmill with like a snack or something yes that, that's basically what he's using the the titles as yes because i mean you look at it this way you get carmelo hayes to come up to the main roster and go to smackdown join uh, Bobby Lashley, because we've seen him and Bobby Lashley have conversations on NXT, as well as uh, Carmelo Hayes talking with Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. So quite possibly they could have their next member. You can have Carmelo Hayes go after the Intercontinental title or not Intercontinental, but the U.S. title. <laughs> you can have the Street Profits get the tag titles. Bobby Lashley go after the undisputed universal title. And then you have Bianca as women's champion. Yeah. That's, that's what having all the gold means. Um, but at the current moment, I'm probably going to say EO Sky. She has that numbers advantage in her corner. Okay. Now we got some healthy competition here. I say Bianca, you say EO. We'll see. Because that on top of the ring rusts probably will lead to EO's victory. And you also got to put the in case. the factor of damage control possibly. That's why I coming. Oh, okay. the, the ring rust added to the damage control. The, yeah, the number game. Gotcha. All right, moving right along. I hope you all at home are keeping track of this cuz I'm not writing anything down. 
Uh, next match they have here. Unless we listen to it back later. Yeah, we might. Uh, the next is also another women's title match. We got for the women's world championship. You got Rhea Ripley defending her title against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Raquel Rodriguez, as well as Zoe Stark. It's a battle of who is the baddest woman on Raw. Fatal five way. Fatal five way. And this was intelligently put together, I think. So... As far as a winner coming out of this, <laughs> you got to pick one. I was, I'm going to say Mommy. I'm going to say Rhea Ripley on this one. She is on a hot streak right now. She became, I mean, if you listen to our podcast last week, she became number one in the PWI 250 women wrestlers. Uh, she's been world's heavyweight champion for quite some, since, uh, WrestleMania? Well, uh, well, WrestleMania, she won the SmackDown women's title, and that became... Oh, and then it got rebranded. Yeah, it got re... Yeah, rethought Changed. of. It got, yeah, altered or whatever to the world's women's title, which I think was a smart move. Um, but since then, she has been the champion. That belt has not left her waist. I honestly think she is going to show the world... Why, uh, she's going to show the world who runs... The Raw Women's Division. And I honestly think Rhea Ripley is going to come out on top, as she always does. Uh, I'm thinking the same thing, too. And then after she gets her... Uh, well, why do you think she's going to win, though? Um, so far, she's proved to... Let's see, what was the phrasing? Something about, uh, so far, she's done pretty good with that sort of situation, with right. managing everybody else. Um. I think the two closest competitions would be Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yes. Probably Shayna Baszler, if I had to pick a second person to win. No, we only pick one. We can't uh, pick a second. Well, if not Shayna Baszler, if not Rhea Ripley, then that would be the... Oh, you're going to go record. that... You're going to try to go the safe route and say, okay, well, if Rhea doesn't win, then I'm going for Shayna. No. Nah. No. I'm still saying it's probably going to be Rhea Ripley. Okay. And then after the women's division is sorted, then you're going to have uh, Jade Cargill come up and mess it all up for her. Oh. If she doesn't go to SmackDown. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Uh, if not, then it's... I'm thinking that's what they're going to do. Okay. Um, but if not that, then it's... It would be Shayna Baszler, and I have no idea what would happen after that. So I'm pro I'm gonna I'm leaning more towards Rhea Ripley winning, and then the stuff with Jade Cargill happens. Okay. Uh, which also ties into the rumors of Jade Cargill going to Raw that we, we talked about a while back. That's right. So it, it if that if that happens, then it ties everything together in a, a bow or something like that. All right. Pretty well said, there, son. Uh, next up, we have for uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins taking on the uh, Scottish warrior, Drew McIntyre. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to say Seth Rollins, but now, but because of some of the weird backstage stuff, it looks like Judgment Day might have a small hand to play in that. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I want to say that I want to say Seth Rollins is going to win this one, but honestly, I'm going to lean more towards Drew McIntyre on this one. Uh, I'm going to say he wins probably because of interference or because or or 
because you have the Judgment Day turn into a triple threat because Damian Priest cashes in. That that could be oh, another okay. factor. You're gonna use you're gonna use the Seth Rollins uh, WrestleMania technique that he pulled when Roman Reigns was facing Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Okay. If he doesn't do that, then it'll be after the match when everybody's tired. It'll it'll basically be what Io Sky did. Okay. It's one of the two. So you're saying uh, that um, if if there is a money in the bank cash in. Yeah, because it's a similar situation that happened during that very same WrestleMania. Seth Rollins had a one-on-one match, and he he was Miss, Mr. Money in the Bank. He had a one-on-one match with Randy Orton. That's what that, uh, that awesome uh, RKO was from, where Seth Rollins tried to do a curb stomp. Randy lifted him up with the power of his shoulders and neck and RKO'd him in midair. Seth Rollins lost that match, but at the end of the night, came out the winner and came out new champion. The, and how we're saying Cody Rhodes will w- win uh, his match against Damian Priest, Damian Priest could pull that card and cash in that ty- that contract. I would say it would probably be interesting if he cashed it in against Drew McIntyre. But at the same time, he could end up saving that till something else happens. So that's something else we got to think about too. He's say, he's waiting because he, granted he has tried cashing it in but every chance he gets. But you got to remember, Seth Rollins waited a whole almost a whole year because he got that he got his briefcase in July and didn't cash it in till March April time frame that next year. So he had that suitcase the whole time. I did, I just realized I didn't pick someone to win. Uh. Well, I'm saying Drew McIntyre. I'm thinking Seth Rollins. Okay. We got a second one there that we're going head-to-head on. Okay. We'll see how what goes out of that one. So, uh, the main event for the evening, you have the Universal Championship going up for grabs between Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, and the megastar, L.A. Knight. Yeah. And before we get into that, uh, you, you want to talk about that uh, contract I most signing first? Definitely, yes, sir. I most definitely do. Uh, the, you kick you, it off. You had all that stuff uh, about how Roman likes to sit at the head of the table. Paul Heyman was shifting the chair around, and first chance he got LA Knight sat. No, wait. I, I'm cutting off. Uh, I'm skipping. First thing, right? You have Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman come out. And half, like, I wouldn't even say halfway. It was, like, less than a, a third of the way through Roman Reigns' entrance. As soon as Roman was about to raise the title and raised it in the air. You had L.A. Knight come out and cut that off. And then Roman Reigns just looking at him either confused or angry or something like that. Well, he's the fir- the reason why is because he's the first competitor that has ever done that to just him. Just a, a blatant. He's, he's playing mind games. And he's succeeding mm-hmm. at this. Yeah, and then after that, when everything got, everybody got in the ring, uh, Paul Heyman was going to move the chairs around. Uh, he mo- Not chairs, but one of the chairs to where Roman could sit at the head of the table. Whichever end of the table that's at, it was at one of them. It was like towards the top if you looked at it from the camera they were using. The hard camera angle. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, that's the that's what it's called. When you're looking at the ring as you normally would from the TV camera angle, where it's still, it doesn't move or anything, and when they're doing promos, that's the hard camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then 
LA Knight got into that chair and Roman Reigns had to sit off to the side and yeah. not at the head of the table. Again, playing head games. <coughs> again, and also again, no competitor has done that to him. So he was he was confused and mad about that. Uh, and then you had the whole thing with Paul Heyman throwing away, I think it was two different pens. One was the one that LA Knight used to try and, I guess, disrespect LA Knight back. Yeah. But then the next pen that he got out of his jacket just didn't work. Yeah. So then he, they had to use the other pen that was in the book after Paul Heyman threw the second pen away. So now they've, they're on their third pen. Right. And then after the contract signing, uh, when El, uh, not LA Knight, but when Roman Reigns tried getting up to leave, LA Knight stopped him to get on his case about what he has and has not done. Right. And that, and that was kind of funny, the, the way he I, messed I th- with Roman. I, yeah, I thought that was pretty good, though. Roman's over here like, this is your first contract signing for a major championship. This is your first title match. Your first, Stuff like that. Yeah, things like that. And, and L.A. Knight over here owning it, like, yeah, and? You know, I is it my first? Of course. Do I know what I'm doing? I've been doing this for 20-some years now. I definitely know what i'm doing you were trying not to say yeah, I, mean, I know i know but la knight really getting into the head and the way he did it too after the after the signing was done roman was getting up and he was simply just told him uh hang on roman uh since i'm at the head of the table you need to acknowledge me and roman sits down slowly and, and has, that that was what that's, got that's I forgot when it was that more it's more of a ment it was more of a mental thing and then this then after that, this all fight broke out, and here comes Jimmy trying to attack L.A. Knight, and L.A. Knight puts Jimmy through a table, and that's what led to that main event on SmackDown. But all in all, I liked that, that he was using head games on Roman. The same thing. From, that... Right from the get-go, as soon as he came out from the back, and the whole time he was using head games on him. Right up until the end with that fight with Jimmy. Yeah. And I mean... It was just showing you may have the numbers and you may have the strength and everything, but I've got you in here. I can mess. I can really. I think his last two major opponents have tried messing with him in his head. Yeah. Being Cody and LA Knight. Oh, uh, the other one. Uh, oh, you mean for Roman Reigns? Yeah. Roman. Yeah. Cody went the legacy route, you know, of, yeah, you know. Being respectful and all that. And yeah. Just getting disrespected. Meanwhile, here, LA Knight is doing the complete opposite basically pulling a play out of roman's playbook roman and paul Heyman's playbook you know paul Heyman is the is like coming at it from a professional polite side in a way but also disrespectful and condescending whereas roman is straight a, con- up. a, a condescending respect if you will yes and here comes roman just straight up disrespect and he's like i know your history you know and um but with that said, as far as a winner goes, now we gotta pick a winner. I want you to go first because, or should I? No, go first? I'm we gonna go let first? you go first this time. I think Roman's gonna win this one. Okay. That might be controversial. Well, it's probably not all that controversial. Not really, no. Uh, I like how we act like it's gonna be some big thing, and then he ends up winning anyway. <laughs> like with the Cody Rhodes match he had, yeah, where it was like he's gonna win this when he's got to, and then he lost, and that just that 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 really did that really uh, that really uh, that that yeah. I'm still 
a little upset about that. I'm still recovering from that. Yeah. But I think uh, it's going to be a good match. Uh, and if, if, especially if, say, there is no interference, which there's definitely going to be. It's the bloodline, after all. There's going to be interference. Unless it's in a cage or something. No, and it's, even then, it's not going to be a cage. It's not going to come out to be a, a cage match or anything like that. Uh, but I think Roman is going to win this one. He's going to go on to his next opponent, which I think the next major one will probably end up being Cody Rhodes at some point. At least that's what we're hoping for, both of us. Right? I think that's what we were hoping for. Yeah. I don't know. Either that or he goes against Seth Rollins at one point for his title. Uh, but what do you think? I'm... I'll be honest. I'm honestly going to say I think Roman is going to come away with this win. I mean, I know it's going up against my guy, L.A. Knight. But I like how this is the one we expected to not agree on and that we just both ended up. I, I want to say Roman because I want it to be. It may not be L.A. Knight that takes this title. We don't know who it is. I want it to be Cody. Because that match at WrestleMania that was a good match. That was an epic match to where Roman was just five seconds away from losing that ti- his title. But Solo just came in. Just one count away. No, no, no. Because you had time where Cody was about to, oh, that's right. about to get him, but then out came Solo. Now, I think if Cody gets another chance at it again, he will win. And I want Cody. Unless to- it ends up turning into a best of three. A rubber match type it, situation. I, right now, I only think of two people that can take that title from Roman right now. That's my, oh, that's right, Randy Orton. I remember we were talking about okay, that. Okay, you just remind three. Cause, Who was the cause, other one? Because rumors are coming around that Randy Orton's coming back. Who was the other person? You got Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, and Bobby Lashley. Those are the only three in uh, my head that could take that title from Roman. I you, don't know. I think Bobby Lashley's kind of caught up with his issues with LWO right now. He may be, but you still have Royal Rumble. Okay, by t- by then I think By the could time change, Royal yeah. by the time the Royal the Rumble comes around, that whole entire thing between Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, which they need to get a a name because we can't be calling them constantly. I think it's uh, I think it's probably still going to be Street Profits unless they start getting like a member outside of Street Profits. It's Street Profits with Bobby Lashley. Like. Or Hurt Street or something. I don't know, but they need to come up with a name because I'm getting tired of saying Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. It needs to be one name like Hurt Business. Well, granted, with the acclaimed, we just we know that it's it's the acclaimed, but it's they mark it as the acclaimed with Billy Gunn. Yeah. Even though we see it as but, the acclaimed being one fact. I think there's history where they didn't have Billy Gunn at some point for them to be calling Pretty it like much. that. They didn't? They didn't. Billy Gunn wasn't even a part of them at, in the beginning. They were that just known as it. the Acclaimed. But now we just call all three of them the Acclaimed, at least on the podcast. Well, then we can just call them the Street Profits for the time being until they come up with a name. But by the time LW, the war between LWO and Street Profits are over with, Rumble is going to come around. And you're going to have... It's it's going to be pretty much a who's going to take on the champions at WrestleMania kind of feel. Because at this point, we don't know. Because we've come up with many factors here. I've come up with this that Roman or uh, Orton comes back. 
I think you said at a Survivor Series. He may come back at Survivor Series. He may come back before Rumble. Or come well, back at the Rumble. Do they have one before the Rumble, but after Survivor Series? I can't remember. But hear me out now. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hear me out. <laughs> I'm serious. You got. You got to. You got to hear me out on this. All right. Orton comes back sometime between now and before Royal Rumble. Competes in the Royal Rumble. And either wins it or he wins at Elimination Chamber. Because let's say Cody wins the Royal Rumble again. Wants to face Roman. That leaves the World Heavyweight Championship up for grabs of who's the number one contender. That's where Elimination Chamber comes in. Orton can participate in that and win and face the World Heavyweight Champion. Or, or, this, or this factor, you have one of them win the Royal Rumble. The other one will face the uh, their champion of their choice. Say Orton faces Reigns at Elimination Chamber. Or Roman or Randy Orton faces Roman at the Royal Rumble and wins the title. Cody wins the Royal Rumble. Then you've got Cody and Orton headlining at WrestleMania. And that's if they don't try to turn into a triple threat. I pray to God they don't. Because that would be an awesome match right there. Because when Cody was coming up into WWE and everything, he needed someone to lean on, and that was Randy Orton. Much like Randy Orton was leaning on Ric Flair and Triple H in Evolution. So they so they have history. They do. They have a history. They were a part of a team at one point. I can't remember the name of the team right now. Um cannot remember the name of the team off the top of my head it wasn't evolution revolution no no close enough um uh. hang on here let me let me find it because it was with it was it was a three-man it was a trio group you had randy orton cody rhodes and ted dibiase jr son of million dollar man ted dibiase um And they did, in a way, when Cody came back, um, what? Um, the Legacy. That was their name. The Legacy, because they were, they were generational wrestlers. You had Ted DiBiase Jr., son of Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Randy Orton, son of Cowboy Bob Orton, Dust, and Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes. So you had them as a team. Now you have Cody Rhodes, who at one point was going, was living under Randy Orton's shadow at the beginning of his career and tried to come out from that shadow. But, you know, it now was like they're on it just was about the same level. They're at equivalent level. You have that at WrestleMania. Just saying, just saying. So that's why I'm saying Roman Reigns comes away with the win because i don't see la knight taking on cody rhodes and i don't see la knight taking on randy orton if he does it's not for the title i think there's going to be another factor where something is going to happen with la knight to where he will get a championship match and win the title but it's not going to be at crown jewel it may it may be later on down the road 
So might not even be against Roman. It may not even be against <laughs> Roman, but I say Roman Reigns. You do as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about does it. So that's our predictions for. Uh, it's going to be funny if we end up getting the exact opposite of what happened at WrestleMania, where me and you both decided it was going to be Cody, and then then we lose, and then here it's yeah. going to be it's going to be Roman, and yeah. then no, he lost. Well, we'll see what happens. But with that, we got to cut it out and tap out here. All right. Another episode. Another episode down, and we got next week where we're going to be. Next week, we'll go over the uh, uh, results of the. Oh, excuse me. The results of the week. And uh, we'll also be going over. Uh, be a two episode week next week where we'll go over results of the week and go over the results for uh, Crown Jewel. I'm excited for it for the pay-per-view. I hope you guys are excited too. Uh, let us know how you feel about our predictions or what are your guys' predictions. Reach out to us. Where can they reach out to us? Crosspromopod at gmail.com. It's crosspromopod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, also, message us on TikTok if you want. We do have TikTok. We do have Facebook. Message us out and tell us what you guys think who will win out of all those matches let us know anything else any questions you guys might have for us about anything professional wrestling as far as the cross mobile podcast i'm kevin and i'm chris we, we gone, gone. That was a thrilling episode. Mm -hmm. Now I got to go to the bathroom.